0: It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed. Locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. So I'm telling a story here. A story of history. Bringing it up to current day. Because I'm also, at the end of this wanting you to listen to what these members of this committee these Pelosiites have said about what they're doing and then it'll all become abundantly clear so the weather underground and what is uh, Obama's buddy it turns out later they set off a bomb in the capitol building nobody's charged Next, next, that was March 1971. In May 1972, they attacked the Pentagon. Cut tw- uh, cut two, go. Ho
1: Chi Minh's birthday was also marked in Washington. A bomb exploded early this morning in the Pentagon, and left-wing terrorists telephoned newspapers to say they were responsible. Stephen Gere reports. The explosion destroyed one of the Pentagon's 140 women's restrooms. When is the last
0: time you heard the phrase left-wing terrorists in the media? See, say what you will about the 60s and 70s, even the beginning part of the 80s. These were real reporters. These weren't people who were there giving their opinions. These weren't people there who were trying to make a name for themselves. I could move from doing straight news to opinion shows and back and forth. We're doing analysis. Go ahead.
1: Fourth floor. No one was injured. The explosion came at 1 a.m., just moments after the Pentagon's duty officer received a warning based on one of a number of calls to newspapers, one of which said the Pentagon would be bombed in celebration of Ho Chi Minh's birthday. Rumors of other bombs plagued officials during the day, but sweeps of the building turned up nothing. Speaking for the Pentagon was an Air Force officer called to duty early this morning. No one was hurt, fortunately, but I'd like to point out that only through good fortune that the people who work in the Pentagon at night were not seriously hurt or killed. There are quite a few people working right down the hall from where the explosion took place who could have very easily have been in that area at the time. They had no warning at all and could have been seriously hurt or killed by this irresponsible act. Water from pipes ruptured in the blast seeped down to floors below the restroom, interrupting operation of an Air Force computer bank for several hours, soaking office furniture and equipment, and shutting down some stores operated as concessions in the concourse. So far, there's no monetary estimate of the damage. Much of the Pentagon is a public area, with visitors and tourists roaming through the halls, but security was tighter today than yesterday. Ironically, before the explosion this morning, the order had gone out here at the Pentagon to tighten security measures. Because of anti-war demonstrations scheduled for this weekend in Washington and plans to block access to the Pentagon on Monday, packages were to be inspected beginning at 7 o'clock this morning. That's six hours after the explosion. Stephen Gere, ABC News, at the Pentagon.
0: So, so far we have the Puerto Rican nationalist movement, a Marxist movement shooting four members of Congress on the floor of the House of Representatives from the gallery. Now we have a communist movement, the Weather Underground, a so-called anti-war movement that's violent, that sets off a bomb in the Capitol building. Approximately one year later sets, later sets off a bomb in the Pentagon, and they're not done. Approximately three years later, they set off a bomb in the United States Department of State. Cut three, go.
1: People calling themselves members of the Weather Underground last night planted bombs in federal office buildings in Washington and Oakland, California. The group, apparently an offshoot of the old radical weathermen of the 1960s, claimed the bombs were set to protest American support for South Vietnam and Cambodia. We have reports, first from ABC's Ted Koppel at the State Department. There are very few positive things to say about planting an explosive in a government building, but as an attention-getting device, it's hard to argue with the effectiveness of that bomb that went off in a third-floor washroom here at the State Department early this morning. About 20 offices, all of them empty at the time, were damaged, a few of them by the explosion itself, most of them by water leaking out of ruptured pipes. State Department spokesman Robert Anderson read a prepared statement in behalf of Secretary Kissinger. All of us, including Secretary Kissinger, are relieved that no one was killed or injured by this totally senseless act. At midday, the Associated Press got a phone call from a man saying he was with the weather underground and that bombs would explode at the Departments of Interior and Agriculture and the Smithsonian before the day was out. Some 4,500 workers at the Interior Department were eating lunch when they were told to evacuate immediately. Most went home for the day, others stayed to watch. Police used dogs specially trained to sniff out bombs in their search of the Interior Department building, but no bomb was found. At the Smithsonian, security was increased, people were watched, but there was no evacuation. Again, tightened security, but no evacuation at the Department of Agriculture. During a search, someone found a suspicious package, but it turned out to be some old bottles of wine. David Garcia, ABC News, Washington.
2: That other bomb threat was a dramatic one at a military induction center in Oakland, California today. We get details from newsman David Louie of station KGO-TV in San Francisco. Police cordoned off six blocks around the downtown Oakland Induction Center after the news media received telephone bomb threats. When no bomb went off after an all-night vigil, a dog trained to detect explosives led a search party into the building. The dog failed to find the bomb, but a federal agent did in the Navy's seventh floor offices. A Navy demolition crew rushed in. The device was found above a panel in the false ceiling inside a black suitcase. With daylight came scores of spectators held behind police lines. As tense minutes turned into hours, a black suitcase bomb was pulled from the side door at the end of a rope. The demolition team, black-suited and shielded, approached the bomb with a lead pellet blanket and detonating devices. the case caught fire, in turn setting off the charge. With the bomb still ticking, officials said they had no choice but to blow it up in the street. In view of the fact that it was ticking and that it was apparently that volatile, any more jarring might have done it, and uh, so we figured there wasn't that much that would have done that damage in the center of the street like that. that's enough.
0: Does January 6th still sound like the greatest threat to American democracy since the Civil War? Does it to you? Here the weather underground bombed the Capitol building, bombed the Pentagon, bombed the State Department. Here the Puerto Rican nationalist movement, four of their domestic terrorists, shot four members of the House of Representatives. In 1983, the Weather Underground was at it again and bombed the Capitol building again, blowing the door off of Robert Byrd's office. Notice how they never called the anti-war movement an insurrection movement. Notice how the big media in this country, which has access to a hell of a lot more film than I do, don't even mention these things. Have you noticed that? Instead, they all say the same thing. Whatever Nancy Pelosi wants them to say, they say. Whatever she wants them to say, they say. And when we come back after the break, because they were really hyper-focused on this on Sunday, and you're going to hear speeches on Thursday, and you're going to be told this is the worst thing that ever happened to American democracy, when it clearly was not. You'll notice the telltale signs are not only do they ignore actual factual history that their own networks reported at the time but they keep talking about how five people died on that day when one was killed by a capital police officer and four others died of other causes that's like saying the riots in in Minneapolis how many people during the first night of the riot had heart attacks and died How many? Well, maybe they had heart attacks because they were very concerned or stressed or whatever about what was taking place. So the telltale signs about how the media lie, how they push their propaganda, how they create these, these narratives. Police officers weren't killed that day. Police officers weren't shot. Some of them were attacked. And for that, these people needed to be punished. But the vast majority of the people who are serving time right now before they even have trials are charged with trespassing or parading on public property. And we all saw film where Capitol Police officers were waving in people. What about them? So nobody at least not me and not you, excuse violence, excuse breaking into the Capitol building. Where we draw the line is the effort to so thoroughly politicize this so as to destroy tens of millions of Americans and their reputations, whereas to create a political scenario where Donald Trump was the leader of the effort because he didn't act. And Nancy Pelosi orchestrating the whole thing behind the scenes and ensuring that nothing that she did, or better yet, failed to do, is being examined by anybody. By anybody. And the pretext for this investigation is to make sure it never happens again, anything like this. Well, if you're going to make sure nothing like this ever happens again, wouldn't you want as your number one witness with her texts and her emails and her documents and her testimony under oath, the Speaker of the House? And none of these reports on Sunday, not one, mention the fact that she was offered ten to 20,000 National Guardsmen by the Commander-in-Chief, Donald Trump. Not one! Why would they ignore that? Again, another telltale sign. So what's really going on here? Well, we'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The, uh, there was almost no interest by the media, certainly by the Democrats, Biden as a candidate. No interest by the body politic and getting to the bottom of the riots and Black Lives Matter. Quite the contrary. Corporatists, athletes, and the others were applauding them. And there was a piece... That was written. It was posted by Jim Patrick, um, and he is a retired chief of police, current staff writer for Law Enforcement Today. Thousands of cops were injured, over $2 in damage during Floyd riots. Where are the congressional hearings? Law Enforcement Today recently reported a Rasmussen National Police Association poll released on January 21 of last year shows more voters favor a congressional investigation of the violent Black Lives Matter and Tifa riots last summer than the so-called January 6th quote-unquote insurrection. With that in mind, we thought it would be interesting to compare and contrast the two. As we've seen since January 6th, Democrats have seized on the incident to commission a January 6th inquiry, no doubt reminiscent of a Spanish Inquisition, ostensibly to look into what led to the siege of the U.S. Capitol. Unfortunately, this Inquisition Committee will be nothing more than a politically charged witch hunt with the intention of laying the entire blame for the incident on former President Trump and his supporters. There you go. Pelosi was apparently afraid of what they might seek to gain information on, such as why repeated requests from former Capitol Police Chief Steven Sund for National Guard troops were summarily rejected. That, of course, falls on Pelosi, who's in charge of Capitol security. Instead, Pelosi chose never trumpers such as representatives Liv Cheney and Adam Kingsinger, classic rhinos whose only interest in being on the committee is to throw Trump and his tens of millions of supporters under the bus. The January 6 incident has also given rise to the Biden Justice Department and Sleepy Joe himself, alleging that, quote, radical white extremism, unquote, is the greatest threat to our democracy and the greatest threat to our national security, more than Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Russia, or China. Meanwhile, Biden, the Justice Department of the rest of the Democrats, totally ignored the violence across the country that started last year and continues in some cases unabated today. The organized riots of last summer have given way to skyrocketing violent crime this summer. According to the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project, 95% of the riots that took place last summer were linked to Black Lives Matter. Remember the link of Black Lives Matter, remember it to the Weather Underground individual, who was released from prison by Clinton. Six percent of the protests, which occurred between May 26 and September 5, involved rioting, looting, and similar violence, including 47 fatalities, the Frontier Post reported. Forty-seven of the 633 incidents coded as riots, 88 percent were coded as involving Black Lives Matter activists. All told, there were 12,045 incidents. The rioting wasn't only concentrated in large metropolitan areas, but also found its way into smaller cities such as Fort Collins, Colorado, Cottonwood Heights, Utah, Gilbert, Arizona, Davenport, Iowa. The riots spread across 47 states. The riots that took place last year caused an estimated $2 billion in damage across the country, overtaking the 1992 L.A. riots that took place in the wake of the initial Rodney King verdict, which caused $775 million in damage. And according to Axios, adjusted for inflation, those costs would amount to $1.42 billion. The damage estimate provided by property claim services only accounted for damages caused between May 26 and June 26. Uh, waters of the Insurance Information Institute told the Sun that since the damage is from all over the country, not just one state, the amount would be much larger. Much larger. The Foundation for Economic... Education explained the losses don't account for damages that were not insured, which is 75% of U.S. businesses are under, uh, underinsured today. 40% of small businesses have no insurance at all. It also doesn't account for the loss of business and personal pain and suffering, upon which you cannot put a price. That figure also doesn't consider the long-term economic impact and so forth. The most ludicrous thing about these riots is the disproportionate impact they have on black communities. A 2005 study that examined similar riots from the 60s discovered negative, persistent, economically significant effects of riots on the value of black-owned housing, leading to a 10% decline. And it goes on. What a police officer, according to the major Cities chiefs association, is citing American military news, over 2,000 police officers sustained injuries in just the first few weeks. The report only covered uh, the uh, the major cities' chiefs' association cities. At the White House, some 60 U.S. Secret Service agents were injured, some seriously. 2021, the number of officers feloniously killed in the line of duty soared 40%. 10,000 people have been arrested in connection with the sometimes peaceful, usually violent riots that took place. 10,000. And yet the insurrection word is about January 6th.
1: Mark Lovin.
0: This episode is brought
1: to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
0: You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. Well, I made this decision literally three minutes ago to lead with a story I was not planning to lead with, Mr. Producer, but I'm going to. And I think you all will figure it out very, very shortly. Pelosi accused of hiding information on her role in security breakdown on January 6th by Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is concealing information about her culpability In the security breakdown during the January 6th riot, you know this has been my bugaboo, folks. This has been my focus. According to Republican lawmakers who've been pursuing those documents since immediately after the attack on the U.S. Capitol, Representative Rodney uh, Davis, Republican of Illinois, said Mrs. Pelosi's stonewalling. He's the top Republican on the House Administration Committee, which oversees the management of the Capitol complex. He said, the sergeant-at-arms at the direction of the Speaker has refused to provide us their communications surrounding January 6th. I believe those records will show there was a lot of communications and coordination between the Speaker's office and law enforcement officials leading up to and on January 6th. He wrote in a statement to the Times. He sent a letter yesterday to Mrs. Pelosi that reiterated House Republicans' demand for the release of documents and communications Involving the decision not to deploy the National Guard for the mass protests anticipated that day. He said in the immediate aftermath of January 6, Republicans began an examination of the Capitol's security vulnerabilities. On January 13, 2021, as the ranking Republican member of the House Administration Committee, I sent letters to the acting House Sergeant-at-Arms, the House Chief Administrative Officer, and the acting Chief of the U.S. Capitol Police asking them to preserve all records relating to January 6th, Mr. Davis wrote. Although the USCP immediately complied with my request to preserve and produce relevant documents, the House Sergeant-at-Arms and Chief Administrative Officer, the two House officers who report directly to Pelosi, responded jointly that they were, quote, unable to comply with the request at this time, unquote. Now, nearly a year after this request... The House Sergeant of Arms and Chief Administrative Officer have yet to comply with the request. House Administration Committee Chairwoman Zoe Lofgren, she is an old-time red. California Democrat called Mr. Davis's letter pure revisionist fiction and another attempt by Republicans to distract and deflect from the January 6th mayhem. The Chief Administrative Officer and House Sergeant of Arms have already notified Ranking Member Davis. They are complying with preservation requests and will fully cooperate with the various law enforcement investigations and bona fide congressional inquiries, she said. However, the February 1 response to Mr. Davis from the Capitol's Chief Administrative Officer and Sergeant of Arms denied the request to turn over documents. Been almost a year. Since the first request, we made multiple attempts since to get this information, have been unsuccessful each time, said Ashley Phelps, a spokeswoman for the House Administration Committee Republicans. If the House SAA and COA do plan to comply with our request, we'd hope it would be this Congress. Speaker Pelosi could direct him to do so, and this wouldn't be an issue. Representative Jim Jordan, top Republican on the Judiciary Committee, also is involved in the effort. And that's why they're now turning on Jordan, among others, with the Pelosi-Stalinist committee, where she appointed every single member. Because Jordan, as the ranking Republican, the top Republican of the Judiciary Committee in the House, has been trying to get this very same information. He said there have been conflicting accounts about security preparations days before a pro-Trump mob, quote-unquote, that's the Washington Times, stormed the Capitol in an attempt to stop Congress from certifying Joseph Biden's presidential election. You have conflicting testimony from that time period, said Jordan on Fox News. The Capitol Hill police have said they asked for the National Guard to be present on January 6th. The Sergeant of Arms has said, no, you didn't. So one guy says we asked for it. The other guy says we didn't. The guy who says we didn't ask for it reports directly to the speaker and all the documents. The guy who said we did ask for the National Guard, they gave us the information. The top Republicans on several House committees that started early probes into January 6th attack first sent Pelosi a letter on February 15 asking for communications with law enforcement related to the security plans. It has been widely reported and confirmed by multiple sources that when Chief Stephen Sund requested the National Guard to be activated ahead of the January 6th joint session of Congress, the response from the Sergeant of Arms, acting on Pelosi's behalf, was that the optics of having the National Guard on site were not good, and the intelligence didn't support the move, wrote the Republicans from the administration, judiciary, oversight, reform, and intelligence committees. Senate Republicans, including Lindsey Graham, also have questioned Ms. Pelosi's responsibility for security at the Capitol before the riots. Graham's inquiries prompted Pelosi spokesman, Drew Hamill, last year to tweet, the disgraceful attempt to shift blame for the mob attack on the Capitol is absurd and pathetic. He need only look in the mirror if he wants to start pointing a finger and he goes on. Why won't she supply the information, ladies and gentlemen? Why won't she supply it? Why won't her handpick... Thugs and goons on the Stalinist committee, led by Benny Hill Thompson and Liz Cheney, unhinged Liz. Why won't they provide the documentation to we, the people? Why won't the American media ask for the documentation for we, the people, as I rip this up? Because they're covering up for Pelosi, that's why. Liz Cheney is actually quite stupid. I never thought she was, but she's demonstrated her IQ is quite low. And she says Trump is guilty of dereliction of duty. Well, it wasn't Trump's duty to protect the Capitol building. That was the duty of Pelosi. She could have asked for the National Guard. She didn't. The president also offered the National Guard. She didn't accept it. We all know why. I've explained why many, many times because she hates the cops she hates the National Guard, she loves the Marxist wing of her party of which she's thrown in, and because, of course, Pelosi wants to play to the base. And can you imagine what it would look like to have more cops in the National Guard surrounding the Capitol building when she trashed the military potential military presence and federal law enforcement at Lafayette Park, more than Lafayette Park, also threatening them and calling them stormtroopers at the Portland Federal Courthouse, among other places. She embraced, embraced the, uh, the destroy-the-cop movement, the defund the police, the slash-their-budgets movements, uh, despite them taking steps back from that now. She's done nothing to improve law enforcement in this country. Uh, tomorrow, January 6th, they intend to pretend that they support the cops. Pretend that they support the cops, uh, which clearly they do not. Now, this committee that I talked about at great length yesterday, and I've talked about a length about before, to the point at which the Washington Compost, New York Slimes, and others are very upset with me for daring to talk about January 6th. The people who are in uh, various gulags around the city of Washington, D.C., you're not allowed to talk about this, Mark. No, 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 no. After all, they're not Black Lives Matter or Antifa. After all, they're not the Weather Underground. The media have an affinity for the Marxist radical left and their violence. And their violence. So they cover for them, they protect them, they even celebrate them. They believe in them. That's why January 6th is the worst attack on democracy in American history. Not just since the Civil War, since ever involving all these white supremacists and Trump supporters, and Trump himself leading the cause. Now, Congress's job is to pass laws as necessary. Congress's job is to fund the federal budget, to raise taxes to do such a thing. It's supposed to follow the, uh, the limits of our constitutional construct. We actually have a Congress that's more than schizophrenic, has 400 different personalities, in the form of Nancy Pelosi, they trash the constitutional system. They are constantly trying to find ways to change the constitutional rules, not with amendments, but in omnibus bills with certain kinds of language and so forth. They support the appointment of the most radical types of judges who have no intention of judging and every intention of legislating. Every intention. And yet, when it actually comes to challenging them, They wave around the Constitution. Now Congress is investigating, they say, what happened on January 6th to the exclusion of Nancy Pelosi. This committee has said through Benny Hill Thompson and Liz Unhinged Cheney that Trump had dereliction of duty, that he was sitting there watching it in the living room, watching the riot. He didn't do anything. Well, what was he supposed to do? And actually, he did many things, as the Federalists pointed out, and as our friend uh, Julie Kelly has pointed out, just based on even the New York Times timeline. But this committee is so out of control, ladies and gentlemen, it's throwing its net so widely that it makes every single investigative committee in the past, the abusive committees of Congress, look like a joke. Look like a joke. I haven't had a chance to talk to my buddy Hannity, but look at this piece that's been leaked all over the place, to USA Today, to Axios, to The Hill, because that's what this committee does. It creates narratives, and then it leaks to their friends in the press, because they know they have these friends in the press. And they all pretty much say the same thing. Here's the headline, The Hill. January 6th panel releases Hannity texts, ask for cooperation. When we come back, we're going to dive into this. Hannity texts, ask for cooperation. You know, we have a First Amendment in this country, freedom of the press. Now, press doesn't just include MSNBC and CNN. It doesn't just include the reprobates who write for the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. It doesn't just include the frauds who make millions sitting in front of cameras at NBC, ABC, and CBS. It doesn't just include them. It actually even includes Fox. And it even includes opinion givers, opinion makers at Fox. That's the press. The broadcast mediums considered the press too. So what's going on here? Why all the leaks from the committee to the media? Why do they want an interim report before the midterm elections? Why are they throwing around subpoenas? Throwing around subpoenas like the mob throws around cash. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. First, there's Adam Schiff, who should not be a lawyer. His, uh... Bar license should have been pulled a long time ago, given his conduct in the various public forums, and his deceit, lying, cheating, and all the rest of it. Uh, But nonetheless, he was on MSLSD today, just happened to be on with somebody named Haley Jackson. No doubt the next Walterine Cronkite. Cut 23, go. Is
1: that the expectation? Are you looking for information or for cooperation from Mr. Hannity?
2: Yes. uh, And I think you'll see an announcement about that uh, very soon. Um, You know, we believe that he was texting with the chief of staff uh, and that he has information that would be relevant to our committee. Um, He was more than uh, a Fox uh, host. He was also a uh, confident advisor, campaigner uh, for the former president. Uh, And I would hope that if he's asked by the committee, as I expect he will be very soon, that he would cooperate with us.
1: And that's a voluntary request, just so I'm clear on that.
2: Um, uh, My understanding, and you'll get confirmation of this very soon, is that we are making a voluntary request uh, that he speak with the committee.
0: Wow, what a committee. They determined that Sean Hannity and Donald Trump are friends and that they would speak and text each other from time to time. Nobody in the media has ever done that with Kamala Harris or Biden or Pelosi or Schumer or even Adam Schiff. Have they? no. Look at all the communications we had between the Obama people and the Biden people and the Secretary of Confusion, Hillary Clinton, with the media and the texting and the emails and the on and on and on. Russia collusion and Russia collusion and Russia collusion. Sean must be something more than merely a Fox host, you see. Now, first of all, I don't know what Sean knows or doesn't know, but I do know this. Every one of these damn frauds in the media communicate regularly with their favorite politicians. Every damn one of them. And they always have. And many of them carry water for them. Why do you think CNN and MSNBC exist today? They carry water for Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and Kamala Harris. That's it. That's it. But we need to know what this particular individual, Hannity texted and discussed with the president. First of all, a couple of things. They're already leaking his texts to the media in advance of his, quote-unquote, voluntary appearance. They're already, in other words, ladies and gentlemen, violating the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, freedom of the press, through the back door by releasing texts they're getting from other people's data to... The press itself, which is perfectly happy to regurgitate them because they don't believe in the press. They believe in propaganda.
1: Mark Levin.
0: We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. When you look at this country, who controls the culture? Who controls our classrooms? Who controls tenure? Who controls who gets to teach? Who controls our universities and colleges? What textbooks are selected? What subject matter is taught? Who controls what information is provided to you by so-called news programs through your television? Who controls that? Who controls what you see in a movie theater or, these days, on various devices in your home? Who controls that? Who controls these major corporations and their decisions about how they will hire, how they will fire, how they will promote? Who controls that? And I'm quite serious about this. Who controls the narrative in this country? When the Democrats talk about voter reform and it's regurgitated by their media, is it voter reform to prevent voting officials from knowing if you are who you say you are? Is that reform? That word reform. It's a very interesting word. It's abused by the left all the time. controls whether the law is enforced on the border? Who controls whether a a governor forced to resign in disgrace, Cuomo, is charged with sexual offenses or not? Or a former Republican president has his children subpoenaed and his taxes subpoenaed? Who controls that? You see, here's the problem. There's tens of millions of us who have almost no say or literally no say in the culture and in the society writ large. And you feel disenfranchised because you are. You are. You are disenfranchised. When you have 19 Republican state legislatures that are earnestly and studiously trying to adjust their election laws to respond to what took place during the pandemic and what took place in 2020. Not to prevent minorities from voting, not to prevent Democrats from voting, but to have rational, manageable systems in place with records that demonstrate that the person in front of you is actually who they say they are or that the person should show up and be in front of you to demonstrate they are who they say they are. That somehow this is controversial, when in vast majority of our history it was not. You are disenfranchised. And that's the purpose. When you read and go back and look at what the early so-called progressives said, book I wrote, Rediscovering Americanism. You were never supposed to be enfranchised in that sense. You're an individual, a group of individuals who are going against the tide. You're an individual, a group of individuals who won't conform to what's the best for the community, for the quote-unquote masses. And so, you should be disenfranchised. You shouldn't have a say. You should not have a say on Facebook, you should not have a say on Twitter. You should not have a say about vaccines or viruses. You shouldn't have a say about science. You shouldn't have a say about voting, particularly if you're white. You shouldn't have a say about immigration, particularly if you're white. You shouldn't have a say about about how the bureaucrats and the politicians wish to rejigger the the, uh, economic system or the governing system? Because you don't support the general good. You don't support, quote-unquote, progress. You're a throwback. You're regressive. You're in the way. You're in the way, so you should not have the same liberties the same rights, the same ability to speak. Period. Conversely, if you claim to know what the general good is, if you claim to know what's in the best interest of the, of the overall population, that is, you wish to think for, act for, and feel for every other person in this country, whether they like it or not, you're righteous. Because you want to do good for everybody, the theory goes. You want to do good for everybody. You're not a selfish individual. You don't believe in free will going off on your own and undermining the general good of the community. You believe in equity. You believe in equality. You believe in settling scores. You believe in reparations. Capitalism is evil because capitalism rewards individuals for their own labor for their own work, for their own motivation. It rewards individuals. Now of course it rewards the entire country and the entire community, because when you take individuals and look at them collectively and the things they've contributed, but no 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 no. That undermines the the approach of the people who seek to crush us. The people who do not wish ...that we have a voice in what goes on in this country. That's why they want to change the voting rules. Because they want to empower themselves, not empower minority communities. They've never wanted to empower minority communities. They want more and more people on welfare. That's not empowering anybody. That's subsidizing somebody. That's destroying their motivation. That's controlling their thinking process. And so, you are disenfranchised. I don't care if you vote or you don't vote, you're disenfranchised. Because for the Democrat Party, the media, these tenured Marxists, the whole variety of Marxist movements that have sort of formed this cabal and collude, your independence is the enemy. Your independent thinking is the enemy. Your ability or wish to post something on social media, to raise questions and challenge something, is disinformation or misinformation. It's dangerous. It must be eliminated. If you have a different approach to dealing with the virus, even when it comes to your own body, you're the enemy. You must be, you must be squashed. If you're successful in this country and you're black or Hispanic or you're Asian or you're gay or you're a woman, you have to be dismissed or rejected because you undermine the narrative. If you made something out of your life, not because of the government, not with the help of the government, but because of liberty and capitalism and freedom, You didn't do that on your own, Barack Obama says. How could you do that on your own? You couldn't do that without a big centralized federal government. What Barack Obama fails to understand and doesn't really care about is you can have a big centralized federal government and be very, very poor if you don't have motivation, if you don't embrace capitalism, If you don't work. Government's beside the point. The whole country was set up. Not to promote a white dominant society. But to promote. The freedom. The aspirations. And the desires of the individual. Even though our history is imperfect. And every country has an imperfect history. As a matter of fact. Every human being has an imperfect history. The fact is we're more perfect than any other country. And we are the greatest country to ever have been established. Period. With the most diverse population of any industrialized country. Diverse by religion. Diverse by race. Diverse by interests. Diverse in every way. You are disenfranchised from what's going on in this country. Academia, entertainment, politics and governance, so-called media. You're the target. You're the subject. You're not the participant. And to the extent you resist this alien ideology that has been imposed on so much of this nation and our culture. You are to be destroyed. Destroyed.